welcome to a new episode of Pillow Talk with Diamond Diva. I am your host, Miss Diamond Diva. I have some fun topics, so let's get into it. So much has happened since I started this podcast. Um which was just a means for me to get some things off my chest, talk about a few things and just kind of share my opinions, see if anybody else relates or wants to talk about things. But it has been such a wild and crazy year that I wasn't able to stay consistent with it. And that's on me. I didn't make the time. I didn't prioritize it because I feel like there was a lot of other things that were on my plate. I mean, hell, we're still in a pandemic, right? With that being said, I feel like there was a lot that I have to say still. I think there are conversations that I keep having that keep getting brought to my attention, um, whether just randomly on social media or just in general conversations with my friends and loved ones and stuff like that. Um, I am very much a person that is open to connections when it comes to intellectual conversation that's something that has always been important to me has always been um how do I say has always been like the forefront of how I interact and what I need to maintain my balance sometimes I feel like talking sometimes I don't but I'm always gonna give you what I can So realistically, when I posted, hey, ask me stuff on my Instagram, I got a flood of questions that were some were fun, some were a little sexual, a little personal, um, but also just some that I feel like motivated me to want to talk more about. And for me, that's that's huge. I love starting conversations. So. Uh, a few of the questions, kind of similar to the first episode, if you've listened, um, just a few questions that I want to dive into and talk about. So one of the questions that was asked was, what gives you the indication that you need to be the aggressor in a relationship? And while Instagram only lets you have like 10, 15 seconds or something to answer, um, my answer the short version was if someone says that i'm intimidating that kind of tells me that i'm gonna need to initiate more things so that they feel like it's okay to interact with me but also at that point i already know that the relationship's not gonna work because you can't be intimidated by me and think that i'm gonna let you be in control I'm a big old soft teddy bear. (laughs) And I don't know if people um, really realize that about me until they get to know me. But by that time, they've been so scared to talk to me or to have conversation because they think I'm just going to write them off. Like, no, if you want to talk to me, you have to be able to be comfortable to talk to me. I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm not going to be mean. And if you follow me on social media, you know that. I'm only mean to people that push me. And nine times out of 10, by the time someone pushes me to that point, it's been several interactions of disrespect. I'm never rude to anybody that 
just wants to have a conversation. I'm never rude to anybody that doesn't deserve it because they've either disrespected me or violated a boundary that I've set. So back to the original point, what gives me the indication that I need to be the aggressor? It'll be fine for a while because I do have a dominant personality and I do, you know, if you will, be a boss bitch (laughs) Um, when it comes to a lot of my interactions. But at the same time, like, I genuinely value people that allow me to be soft. I don't want to be the dominant personality in the relationship. I don't want to be the leader of the relationship. I want to be submissive. I want to be able to trust my partner to lead us on the right journey to a happy and healthy life. I am going to be the best support system to that, but I also need him to have the strength and the vision to be able to lead somebody that can handle more, that can handle um, the responsibilities of a relationship, the emotional support, the emotional labor that goes into a relationship. You're not dealing with somebody that's weak-willed or weak-minded. So being able to balance me is going to be a huge uh, factor for you. And what I find is people are either, oh, well, she's intimidating, so I can't talk to her about anything. Or she's really chill, so I'm going to try and get away with whatever. And neither of those scenarios are ever going to work out in your favor. Um Yeah, that's just the bottom line of it. While I think there are a lot of benefits to women taking more, I don't know, leadership positions in the relationship, I think my traditional values balancing with my new age like thoughts are, I want a man to be a man in the relationship and I want him to feel like he is the head of the household he is you know the protector the provider the whatever you want to call it but at the same time understanding that you're not going to talk to me any kind of way I do have my own and I am very much a partner and not your property so when it comes down to it Yes, I can do all of the things that are expected of traditional relationships, um, more so like Stepford White type shit, but I am also very much my own person and can get it and do it on my own. But if I want you there, that means I value you. And if you let me be soft, that means I trust you that in no shape, form, or fashion means that I'm not going to continue to do me and continue to be a supporting factor of a relationship. It just means, hey, sometimes you can rest your head because you know I got you. I don't feel like a lot of people understand that balance. And I think people are all or nothing type mentalities, whether it's, oh, I got to be completely like this and completely just, you know, listen to whoever my partner is versus, you know, having a voice in the conversation instead of like actually finding a balance. Okay, so let's move this conversation right on along. 
And I also feel like this is a prime time to talk about the update in my relationship status. Um, I'm not one to really have this conversation. Most people don't know if I'm in or out of a relationship, if I'm, you know, happy, mad, sad, going through it, you know, whatever. Um, Some people that know me personally off of social media will be able to tell kind of when there's a shift in me but for the most part nobody on social media really knows my life like that um I previously talked about being in a long distance relationship and as an update I am no longer in that relationship while this may seem quick because this is only episode three and I talked about being in a long distance relationship in episode one there's also been several months that have passed in between those two conversations um I still have a lot of love in my heart uh, for my ex but I also I had to realize what was working what wasn't working and I don't think I could be in that space. I had to do what was best for me at the time. And I still stand by the decision I made. That doesn't mean that I have given up on relationships, long distance relationships or otherwise. I think it is important to maintain an optimistic an objective view of relationships if you're genuinely um, searching for love because I don't believe you will necessarily find your person where you are so I don't think you should limit yourself to only being looking in a certain mile radius now with that being said I talked about the challenges of long distance relationships and I still stand by those things. If you have a plan, it can very much work. But if you and your partner do not agree to the plan or keep working on the plan, you will find it very difficult to maintain any semblance of progression in a relationship because your goals are not aligned. You can't have one partner being committed to working on the plan, moving forward, and the other partner semi-committed, talking about the plan, but not really moving towards that. So there was a misalignment, and we have since broken up, and we are moving on with our lives, respectively. And that's all that I feel like needs to be said about it. If you know me. You know, I will answer any questions that come up, but outside of that, it ain't your fucking business. (laughs) So with that being said, moving on to the next topic. Um, One of the questions that was asked was, what do you love most about yourself? And I find that to be a very loaded question, but a good question nonetheless. One of my favorite aspects about myself that I truly adore and I genuinely value other people that have the same attribute is being able to remain your authentic self and adapt to any situation. So 
what I mean by that is I can walk into any scenario, any group of people, whether it be a case of having to code switch or just a case of you need to elevate to be in this situation, I can adapt to it and move accordingly. So going from working in retail to working in corporate was a huge shift for me. I did it necessarily flawlessly, but I did manage to get up to speed and stay on course for long enough to where I've proven myself and I actually don't have imposter syndrome when I work um, with different people at my company. Now, with that being said, when I said I still remained my authentic self, I still listen to the same kind of music. I still talk the same way. I don't necessarily curse as much because, you know, corporate. But at the same time, my my voice is still me. No matter where I am, who I'm talking to, it is very comfortable. It is very calm. It's very collected. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some you know, different person. My customer service voice went to Harvard. Don't ever forget that, but I'm still me. So my words might sound a little different, but they still my words. And I'm still going to talk to you how you come to me. But I feel like this is not a conversation that people have often. So what do you love about yourself? What do you love about yourself? Most people struggle with having to find their identity and on top of that, accept who they are. Me, who I am and where I am in life, where I've come from is something that has been a struggle for me for years. So being able to be in a place where I've been resilient through trauma I have adapted and grown with every experience and not regressed and made the same poor choices or the same mistakes or anything like that it's kind of huge for me I think it is something that people don't necessarily learn right away or even become self-aware enough about but when I say take time to love on yourself or make sure you love on yourself today I mean that with the utmost. I've always believed in certain affirmations and I think talking positively to yourself is something that's gonna get you to where you need to be. Um, Even if you don't believe what you're saying today, if you say it enough to yourself, you're gonna have that change in perspective. You're gonna change your outlook on how you view yourself. So staying with it and staying motivated to want to believe it is gonna help you shift in that belief. Um, I think one of the biggest factors for that for me was I had to stop listening to what other people's opinions of themselves were because I started to realize that they were projecting their insecurities onto me. So when I say I take care of myself and I protect my energy, it's not necessarily 
from outside forces, I protect myself from my own thoughts, from my own critiques, whether I've internalized something somebody else hates about themselves. Those are all like factors. You got to want to love yourself more than you want somebody else to love you. Because the longest relationship that you have is with you. So that's the most important one. You got to take care of it the way you take care of the relationships that you have with other people. Like we think of ourselves second in most instances. And realistically, you need to be thinking of yourself first. It sounds selfish as fuck, but that's just the reality of the situation. You need to be selfish. You need to be selfish and careful with who you are, who you bring your energy around, what situations you put yourself in, because not every situation you can adapt to. Shit just happens. So realizing that, hey, I got to start looking after me. You're going to start losing people. You're going to start changing interactions. You're going to elevate yourself and you're going to have to show some people the door so that you can be the best, healthiest version of yourself. Now, before I get up out of here, um, one of the questions that I was asked was, are hand jobs underrated? Now, my initial thought when I answered this was very much well, I don't know. I don't have a dick. So how am I supposed to answer if they're underrated? I mean, I've never, I would say, full on given one. So I don't know. I've never, I've never thought about it. I've never took the time to like, hey, do you enjoy this? I mean, I feel like it's incorporated in a blowjob, but I mean, just a full on like, quick hand massage or you know a hand job is probably fairly effective if done right and realistically it's just masturbation but with somebody else's hand which if we're being honest that's what most men do that don't care about a woman's body is they masturbate using her body um that's neither here nor there we're not here to talk about that um but yeah no I was after I like, you know, thought about it, it was very much, oh, huh. I guess it's similar to when women use their fingers to masturbate versus using a toy or, you know what I mean? Like when a guy is fingering a girl versus putting his mouth on it. Um, I It has different sensations. It's um, can be underrated. It can be, I don't know, undervalued, I guess, personally. Keep your fingers out of me. Go ahead and put your mouth on it. Um, but, you know, that's just me being me. Um, I think it really just depends on what your body likes. If you like having the tight grip of a woman's hand around your dick, then, you know, do you. Well, and I don't mean to discount, um, you know, if you want to have a man's hand around your dick, I'm just speaking from my experience because, you know, this is my podcast. Um, (laughs) But if you want someone's hand around your dick versus their mouth, or if you want to... 
utilize that as another form of intimacy while you're driving or something. I don't know. Now, see, now I'm just thinking about all the nasty, kinky stuff that I would do in that situation. I've gotten off topic. So let me just say, (laughs) after giving it some thought, I feel like it can be. It's one of those things that people don't necessarily think about because it's not common. I think if you want to explore somebody's body using all of your senses, whether it be taste, touch, smell, sight, whatever, um, you are learning more about that person's body if you want to explore it. I think it can be underrated just because it's not what's popular or what's common. But in the long and short of it, okay, that's a, that makes sense. But if any men want to chime in, let me know. Um, I would love some feedback because now I'm curious. Do you think it's underrated? Do you think it's something that uh, we don't talk about enough or we don't like give enough pointers on because it's not necessarily that it doesn't feel good or it's not something that's just not common. It's just not really taught. It's not really talked about. So what does it feel like? What do you think would improve it? What do you think? Well, I know what some people might say, but what do you think would make it less underrated? Think about it. If you have any questions, if you have any topics that you want me to talk about, you want to talk to me about, you want to be a guest on the show, please, please feel free to hit me up on Instagram at D-Y-M-O-N-D underscore diva. Hit me up on Instagram at Diamond Diva. Hit me up on Facebook. I have a Diamond Diva Productions page. I also have a website, DiamondDivaProductions.com. The link will be in my bio, as it always is, on every site, on everything. If you want to just share your thoughts, email me. Hit me up. I'm here. So with that, I will let you all go. Thank you for listening.